Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome once again to Christ Church. Why don't you go ahead and find a seat? We are a church about lifting lives, elevating Christ, a church for those who aren't here yet. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Nathan. I'm a vicar here at Christ Church, which is a fancy way of saying pastor in training. This morning, we are talking about purpose. What is our purpose here in the world? What are we called to do? What is the meaning of our life? Right? Just some small questions to get us started this morning. No, these are big questions. These are large questions. But I'm going to start with this. And this is talking about the worst job I ever had. Now, this came at a place called Christ Church. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't here. <laughs> uh, the worst job I ever had, though, was this internship I had while after my junior year in college. And so this was this unpaid internship uh, where I was doing a uh, marketing for a ministry, so marketing for a ministry organization, and so I did marketing, and it was unpaid, and along with being unpaid, it was also the traffic to get there was brutal, and the traffic to get home was somehow even worse. It was like eight miles from where I was, but it took like an hour. Uh, this is when I lived in the Twin Cities, and there was, of course, construction that whole summer, so it just made it, it made it awful, of course, but even though we had the traffic, even though it was unpaid, even though it was all those things, those aren't the reasons this was the worst job I ever had. No, the reason it was the worst job I ever had is I had no purpose, at least in the afternoon. You see, every morning when I got there, I was given the list of things to do for the day, the things I had to do for the day, the things I had to accomplish to check off the list. And if I worked really slowly, I'd finish them around noon. But... I needed to stick around to get the hours to get the college credit for the internship. After all, it was the only reason I was doing this job. And so I had to just sit around, twiddle my thumbs the afternoon, and it was horrible to just pretend or just look busy or just do nothing for hours on end. And if you ever think that sounds like a dream, to have a job where you don't have enough to do, it's not. You don't want one of those. But it was so hard because I had no purpose. I mean, I had some purpose to get some stuff in the morning, and that, that was valuable things. But for the afternoon, it, there was no purpose. There was no meaning. There was no reason for me to still be there. And I think a lot of us find moments in our lives where we struggle to identify what our purpose is. Why are we here? Whether it's in our families, right? What is my purpose as a spouse, as a parent, as a child, as a sibling, with our friends, with our jobs or in school, what is our purpose in those areas? And what is our purpose as children of God? What is our purpose in our faith? And so the question we're going to address today is, what is your purpose? Why are you here? What is your purpose? And the first point we're going to make is that you were created with a purpose. Yes, you individually have a purpose, and you were made intentionally with a purpose. The Bible says that God knit you together in your mother's womb, and he did so with a purpose, because you have meaning, and you are valuable, and you matter because you have a purpose. But he didn't just make you individually. No, he made you collectively, as in all of us, all of humanity, were created with a purpose. And so we're going to go back and look at Genesis 1, 26 through 28, to see the purpose for why humanity, 
for why human beings were created. Now, this story comes in Genesis 1, so you can find it probably on page 1 in the Bible. It might spill over into page 2 if you have a large print Bible, but it's right at the beginning, right? In just the context of the first 25 verses, we have, in the beginning, God created the heavens of the earth, and he creates stuff on day 1, and day 2, and day 3, and day 4, and day 5, and day 6, he makes animals, and then at the very end of day 6, he finally creates human beings, and that's where we pick up the story here. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, if you're like me, you might read this and immediately think, well, that's weird. Why does God say let us and our image and us again? Why is God, this singular being, speaking in the first person plural? Now, different theologians and different scholars have different theories on them, and there's some really complicated ones, and there's some simple ones. I'll give you a couple. Uh, The simplest and most traditional explanation for this is that God is referring to himself as the Trinity. And so it's not just God the Father, but it's God the Son, Jesus, and it is God the Holy Spirit as well who is speaking. So let us together make human beings in our image. Because we know that Jesus was present in creation from the rest of the Bible, and through him all things are made, and the Holy Spirit was present as well. And so in this, then, it would make sense that God is speaking as all parts of the Trinity, all persons of the Trinity, making creation. Now, other scholars think instead of this, that God is speaking into the things he's already created, speaking of other spiritual beings like angels and things that let us together make human beings in our image. Now, we're not exactly sure, and there's some other more complicated theories out there. We're not exactly sure what exactly is going on here, but we do know one, one wrong explanation, and that is that God is speaking in terms of with all the other gods, as in that there is multiple gods, because of course that is not true. We believe in one God who is in three persons, the Trinity. And so let us make human beings in our image to be like us. This is not a main point of the sermon, but if you were like me sitting out there, you would get very distracted by this and not think of anything else the rest of the time. But we get to the point where God actually gives us our purpose. And he says, They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So our purpose, the purpose of humanity, is to reign. Humans were created to reign over the rest of creation. Now, this word reign, or in other translations, uh, you'll see that humans were, cre- were created to have dominion over the earth. And so these words reign and this word dominion, these words sometimes have baggage associated with them. They have negative connotations. And that is because humanity, even though we were created to do good, often does bad. And so dominion can turn into domineering. Right? And these words can be remembered in terms of how these things have been misapplied. So, we were created to reign and have dominion. And these words are monarchical words. I don't know if that's a word, but uh, referring to monarchy. Right? We have kings and queens. Right? They are, they, what kings and queens do is they reign over their kingdoms. Right? They have dominion over their kingdoms. And what a good king or a good queen will do is they take care of their kingdom. They take care of the the resources in the kingdom. They take care of the land. And most importantly, they take care of the people in their kingdom. And so humans were created to take care of God's creation, the earth, its resources, and most importantly, each other. 
the people in God's kingdom. Now, you might be thinking, that's a little weird, right? Because even though that kind of makes sense, right, we're created to take care of the earth, of course, but why are we created to reign over it? Because we're not kings, we're not queens, right? So how do we have dominion? How can we reign over something when we're not kings or queens? Well, we do so on behalf of God, right? We are able to because we're doing so because God has entrusted us to do it on behalf of him, in Revelation, John describes God like this. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And so God is the king above all kings, the Lord above all lords. He's the one true king, and so we serve him. But he entrusts us and gives us this responsibility and this purpose to reign on his behalf. Right? We were created to reign on his behalf. So we're called to take care of his creation and the people in it. But we've been given more responsibility later in the Bible because Jesus came around and he added to our responsibility. Paul describes it like this. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're called to represent Jesus in the world. And we do so by spreading the gospel. We do so by sharing Jesus' love with people. And in this way, we are taking care of them. Because when we give them this love and we give them this gospel, we're giving them a purpose. And a life with purpose is a much better life. And we can represent God because we were made in his image. Genesis 1.27 continues, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so we were made in his image. Now, when people first read this, they sometimes start thinking about this. This mouse is fun. They sometimes start thinking about this. Uh, in the image of God, what does that mean? Well, it is, a, it is not a physical representation of God. We don't look like God physically. Now, in some ways, we kind of do because God became human in the form of Jesus, and obviously as a human, he looks like other humans, but this was well before that. And so we look like God, but not necessarily physically. Instead, we look like God in that we are able to look like God in a way that's distinct from the rest of creation. We look like God in that we are able to be creative, right? We create as God has created, we make new things, we come up with new inventions in a way that the rest of creation does not. Right? And we are able to represent God and that we are able to love and show peace and joy and faithfulness. And we'll get to this whole list in a little bit that is distinct from the rest of creation because we are made in God's image. And so we are called to take care of the earth and the people in it. And we're called to represent God as we do so, to be his ambassadors in the world. And we were given another purpose too. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Right? Be fruitful and multiply. Now often when we hear that verse, we kind of combine it together. Be fruitful and multiply. And for Adam and Eve, it was applied somewhat in the same way. But I think you can actually break these up into two different things. That we were created to be fruitful and we were given the purpose of multiplying. We'll start with being fruitful. Humans were created to bear fruit. 
Now, I'll give you the cliff notes quickly of what that means, but if you want to hear more about what it means to bear fruit, you can go back about a year, a little more than a year, in our sermon archives. Pastor Mike did a whole series on bear fruit. But the short version comes to us from Paul in Galatians 5, and he gives us this list. And this is the list I was referring to. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Right, but what's important to remember is what in order to produce love, joy, peace, patience, the whole list, it is not us that produces it. Right, that's not what it said. Instead, it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Through the Holy Spirit, we are able to bear fruit. You see, by our own power, we fall short. By our own power, we don't always take care of creation. We don't always take care of other people. We don't always love and be peaceful and patient and the whole list. But when we let the Holy Spirit reign in our lives, when the Holy Spirit shine through us, when we project the image of God into the world, then we're able to do these things. All right, so that is bearing fruit. To show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But we are called and given the purpose of multiplying too. Now for Adam and Eve, this of course meant having children, right? To literally multiply. And that does still apply today. But I think it's not just for the sake of having children, but for the sake of proliferating God's image. By multiplying God's image. Right, we weren't just created to, to be in the world and just exist, but instead to represent God in the world. And we can do so by showing his image out into the world. One of my favorite things is when I catch glimpses of the image of God in other people. When I see these small examples of God's character shining through other people, I get so excited by this. One of the ways I think of most clearly in my life is I worked at a camp and there was a person on staff with us who was so good at encouraging other people, right? Every time she saw someone, she just was able to see clearly and notice some wonderful thing they were doing, whether it was big or small, and just point it out. And in that, she was able to encourage them and just show a glimpse of God's character and God's love to them, right? We were able to do this because we were made in his image, and the more we show it off, the more other people see his image. Right? And so by multiplying God's image, it is about letting God's image shine through you. And then also by sharing the gospel. Right? By inviting others into faith so that they can show off his image to the world too. Right? We're all made in his image, but sometimes we don't always show it off very well. Right, and so we are called to show off his image and then teach other people how to do the same. And so kind of as a summary here of what we as humans were created to do, we were created to reign, to take care of the earth and the people in it. We were created to represent God, to be his ambassadors, to be the people spreading the word, the gospel on his behalf. We were created to bear fruit, to give love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control into the world. We were created to multiply his image by letting his light shine through us unto others so that hopefully they see him through us and then show off that light in their own lives too. Now, 
I've mentioned a few times that it is so hard to actually do this because of the sin and the brokenness in our lives and the sin and the brokenness in the world, right? On our own strength, by our own power, we don't fulfill our purpose all the time. We don't live into this purpose, but you can. We are able to live into this purpose because God's image is in you and God himself is with you. Right, we are able to live into this purpose and accomplish these things and, and pursue after these goals because God's image is in you. Right? All you have to do is let it shine and others will see it. And you don't have to do it alone because God himself is with you. One of the most famous passages in the Bible is the Great Commission. It comes at the very end of Matthew's Gospel, 28 Uh, verses 18 through 20. It's the last thing Matthew wants the reader to remember about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And in this, he gives this commission. Jesus gives this commission to his disciples. He gives them a mission. He gives them a purpose. And it reflects the purposes we were created with too. But then he gives the reason we're able to do it. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. As you make more disciples, you create more people who better bear God's image, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we baptize people through the cleansing waters of baptism, they receive this cleansing and the sin washes away from them and they're better able to project God's image into the world. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're able to bear God's image in the world. We're able to be his representatives. We're able to bear fruit. We're able to do all of these things because Jesus is with us. It's not just Jesus that is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us too. Pastor Mike mentioned at the beginning of the service that today is Pentecost Sunday. Fifty days after the Passover, the, dis- the disciples came together. After the Last Supper, uh, the disciples came together, and the Holy Spirit entered into their lives. And on that day, 3,000 people were baptized. And we celebrate this, we remember this today on Pentecost Sunday. But it's described like this, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They were able to do incredible things, things they otherwise wouldn't be able to do because the Holy Spirit was with them. And so you too can fulfill your purpose because the Holy Spirit is with you. You're able to do things you otherwise wouldn't be able to do because the Holy Spirit is with you. And so today, remember, you were created with a purpose You were created with the purpose to represent God in the world, to take care of the earth and the people in it, to bear fruits, to proliferate his image. Now, I can't give you exactly how that's going to play out in your life specifically. It's going to look different for all of us. But think about it. What does it look like to fulfill your purpose in your jobs? Yes, you have a job that was given to you in terms of doing that job, but wherever you are in your life, so even in your job, you have these purposes too. So how can you bear fruit at your job? How can you love and be joyful and be patient at your job or at school? How can you do so in your families? How can you do so as a spouse or a parent or a child or a sibling or a friend? 
How can you do so as a Christian? Right, how can we as people of God, as children of God, live into this purpose? Right, I'll give you some examples of how that can play out here at Christ Church. Right, one of the ways that we can fulfill this purpose is by inviting others into the faith. Right, when we invite others into the faith, they're better able then to project God's image into the world. And so you can invite others into the faith by inviting them to join you at Christ Church. It's a very simple way of doing it. You can invite others into the faith by telling them all the ways God has impacted your life so that they can get excited about it and maybe think about that for themselves. As you invite others, they can bear God's image too. But you don't just have to invite too. You can serve here at Christ Church or out in the community. Right? Wherever you get involved in service, you are fulfilling your purpose. These can be huge ways, these can be big ways, but they can be small ways too. One of the simplest ways we have to serve here at Christ Church is by just opening the doors for people, smiling at them and saying good morning to them as they walk in every Sunday. And although it is simple, it is a wonderful and purposeful thing because when they see God's character reflected through you as you greet them with a good morning and you show joy to them as they walk in, They can get excited about what God's doing here and what God might do in their lives too. And so you can live out your purpose by serving too. And there's plenty of other ways to live into your purpose. I don't have all the answers for each of you individually, but do think about what is your purpose? We know what the main list is, but how that lives out, it's gonna be different. It's gonna be a little different for all of us. But wherever you are, however you're doing it, remember you were created with a purpose. You were created to reign over creation, to take care of the earth, the, God's creation, and the people in it. You were created to represent God, to be his ambassadors in the world and spread the gospel. You were created to bear fruit, to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in the world. And you were created to proliferate his image to show off God's image in your life so that others may see it and glorify him as a result. You were created with a purpose and you can live into it because Jesus is with you and the Holy Spirit is within you. Let's pray. Almighty God, gracious God, we thank you so much for all you've done for us in our lives. And most of all, this morning, God, we thank you that you have created us with a purpose, that we don't have to wander around and not know where to go in our lives or what to do because you have given us a purpose and meaning. God, help each of us to remember that we matter, that we are important, that we are valuable because we have a purpose. As we go about our lives, God, help us to figure out ways, to see the ways Help show us the opportunities where we can live into this purpose, where we can take care of the earth and the people in it, where we can best be your ambassadors, where we can represent you, where we can spread the gospel, where we can bear fruit and allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in us and help us to find ways too where we can multiply your image to show off your image into the world so that others may see you through us 
see your light through us and that leads them into hope, that leads them into faith, and that faith leads to them bearing your image too. God, we thank you so much for all you're doing for us in our lives. We love you. Pray these things in your name. Amen.